This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about talking with professionals to give them the tools to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we have one of my favorites. We have a repeat guest. I love it when I have such cool guests that they have such fabulous information that we have to have them on again. It's been a while since I have spoken with this guest, so that's why it's going to be so much fun catching up. So please join me in welcoming Felicia Slatterly to our program today. Welcome, Felicia. Hi, Deb. How are you? Absolutely spectacular. You know, it's it, we've got kind of a cold, rainy day here in hot Atlanta, but you know, we just kind of go with the flow. <laughs> so, it's the same here in Knoxville. I love it, though. I know. Every day you know, is a it's it is you know here we are you're you're actually in the Blue Ridge Mountains you know oh it, it really is it's just gorgeous out here couldn't ask for better. So, well, before we jump into this conversation, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Felicia J. Slatterly, MA and Master of Adult Education, is a number one best-selling author of four books, an internationally acclaimed, award-winning, award-winning championship speaker, and a radio show host with happy subscribers, clients, and customers in 81 countries around the world. Featured in Success Magazine, Inc. Magazine, and on BBC, NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, and CNN, she is responsible for more than 8,000 presentations she has either delivered, written, coached, and or been paid to judge in her career, spanning multiple decades, making more than $3.6 million with her speaking for herself and those she's spoken for. Felicia works with experts, entrepreneurs, CEOs, business leaders, small business owners, and celebrities to help them connect with people on a human level, build relationships, and enjoy more effective communication professionally and personally. She is a popular podcast guest, aha, yes, here we go, an in-demand speaker, and communication consultant with creativity and a heart for service. As a cancer survivor, Felicia's enthusiastic passion for communication is contagious because she knows that one important message delivered with power can transform a life. So again, Felicia, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Deb. I'm excited to be here. Well, and it's funny, we were talking about names before the program, and and of course, I've mispronounced yours. It's Felicia Slattery. (laughs) No extra L in there, so my apologies for that. Um, And we need to be clear on that because, of course, your name is your brand. It is your website. And so we want to make sure that people are spelling it correctly. Right. Thank you. 
Yes, yes. You know, so you and I are Facebook friends. We've actually met in person, you know, all these various things. But you posted recently that you had a new book. And I went, oh, good gosh, we have to chat. And so I love this book. It's called How Did You Get Started? Inspiring Stories of Successful Business Professionals, Volume 1, which I love that. I thought that was so cool because you know you're doing more. Yep. And it was great. I loved reading through it. But of course, my very first question as I was reading through it was, Felicia, how did you get started? So tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> well, you know, I, as a speaker, I started when I was a child. I was seven years old mm -hmm. and uh, I was invited to actually read at church in front of probably a thousand or more people mm -hmm. and they were listening to me. Mm -hmm. and I was like, mommy, I want to do more. She right. said, well, okay. <laughs> so um, that really launched me to, to doing what I do today and, you know, went on to go into drama and acting, which led to being part of a speech team, which led to me being recruited to being uh, part of the number one, speech team in the nation, Bradley University, which incidentally, Bradley has won more national championships than any college in any sport uh, of, of, or extracurricular activity of any kind. So like you think of wow. Duke in basketball mm -hmm. or you know, University of Tennessee, women's basketball fame back when, um, back when Pat Summit was the coach. I mean, like Bradley University has won more national championships than any of these schools. Mm. So I got to be part of that legacy, which was awesome. Of course, I was part of the national championship team. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we, we were number one, that was fun. And then every job I ever had involved me standing in front of audiences in some way, shape or form, whether it was doing training, whether it was doing sales, whether it was teaching when I was a college professor. Um, and so I did all of those things. And then I had my children. And in 2006, they were one and three years old. And I had a very traumatic childbirth with my younger daughter. We both almost didn't make it. We both did make it. But that kind of thing kind of you know, makes a person take stock mm -hmm. of life and say, hmm, what am I doing here still? And what do I really want with my life? And that's when I decided I was going to stay home and take care of my kids and also serve people from home with a home business. So that was 2006. And um, just started to use the internet to get the word out about what I did. And people were asking questions on different forms of social media. So like Yahoo groups and Rise, because of course, Facebook and LinkedIn weren't around at the time. And so um, I was just answering people's questions. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, why aren't you teaching public speaking skills for business? Because, of course, I thought I was a life coach, which is, you know, insert, insert you know, <laughs> laugh, laugh track here. Um, and so I said, oh, everybody had that in high school or college. And, and um, you know, the response was, well, you might want to take a look around and think about that. And so I realized that people really do need help with, with public speaking, with presentation skills, and with um, and, and public speaking is a very powerful way to market your business. And there's lots of different ways to use it. So over the years, I've taught people all kinds of ways to use speaking as a way to build their personal brand, as a, as a way to get the word about, out about who they are and what they do. And uh, it's just been a fantastic ride. You know, and I, I love that 
you learned, you know, from very young age that that was what you wanted to do. And and I find it interesting that for many people who do what we do or, you know, are performers, they got their start, so to speak, in church, um, you know, and, and, and partially because it's a non-threatening environment. You know, hopefully nobody's going to boo you. They're not going to heckle. You look out and there's those smiling faces. Um, you know, and, and it, it really is interesting to me. When we look back at a lot of people, we find that that is where they got their start. And, you know, and, and, and I love that. I think that's, that's fabulous. Yeah, it's it's very it was it was very gratifying. In fact, to this day, I still do read at church. I um, I attend uh, church at a cathedral, and mm-hmm. so it is a very large building, and uh, it's just it's just an honor and a blessing to be able to 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 still be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's. I saw this on your website, and, and let's let's delve into this just for a moment. You actually work with churches on how to do presentation and how to get their messages out. And that's not something that I've ever talked about on the program, but I know that we have a lot of listeners who very faith-based, you know, it's very important to them. And so, you know, just very briefly, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, because of, of my experience teaching public speaking at the university level, it's really the context honestly doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. where someone is speaking or what the purpose is of their speaking. And because I have had my own experiences teaching religious education classes and speaking in front of churches and church groups, this is something that I absolutely have, um, you know, experience in helping with and, and doing myself. And so I wanted to put that on my website because I do have a heart for, um, for people who are faith-based folks and, Mm -hmm. They want to share their message and they want to do it in a powerful way that attracts others and, and brings people, um, you know, to, to the message. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the things that I wanted to offer and I'm very happy to do it. So whether someone is a pastor or a priest or, uh, you know, and they want to get up and they want to give better sermons or homilies or whatever, that's, that's one thing that I have helped folks do. Or if someone wants to be speaking at churches as a way to market themselves or share information about their books, or um, they want to get in front of their own congregation to talk about, for example, joining a particular group or organization within just their local church to the people there in the local community, whatever it happens to be, I am able to quickly help people clarify what their goal is, mm-hmm. figure out what their point is, know exactly what the main sections of their speech are going to be, and then how to deliver that in a way that's powerful with a call to action at the end that someone wants to take action on and do what you're asking them to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and as I mentioned, it, it is a fabulous way to get experience. You know, obviously there are people that is their life, their their passion, their calling. Um, but I remember years ago, I was working uh, with a gentleman who was an out-of-work senior executive, and he was trying to, you know, get work. So I was working with him on his LinkedIn profile, and and I said, do you have examples of when you were a public speaker? Because especially as a senior level person in a company, you're probably going to be called upon to at least address your team, if not, you know, the entire company. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm the lay minister at my church. And so I've, I've given, you know, every week short presentations. And he said, but I don't think we're supposed to talk about religion on Facebook. And I thought about it for a minute and I said, 
okay, is it a fairly standard type of church? And he said, oh, yes, you know, I think it was Presbyterian, Catholic, whatever. I mean, it was, it was something that, that we always, oh, okay. And I said, I think it would be okay to post something like that. You know, very short, but it does show that you can get up in front of a group and speak. And in, you know, in, in many cases, if you said, sometimes it's thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And I told him, you know, he needs to talk about the fact that he's a lay minister as part of his experience in LinkedIn, because it shows budgeting. It shows all sorts of of skills. Definitely leadership skill. Absolutely. Right. He called me several weeks later, had a brand new job and said it was that in his interview, it was specifically mentioned that they had looked at his YouTube uh, post of, of him speaking. He had edited, of course, mm-hmm. um, but, and the fact that he put down that he was a lay minister. And they said, you know, it did. It showed leadership. It showed that he could speak. So I think that's a great example of how you can tie, you know, your, your faith into your business life and, and do it very successfully. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. People of faith often feel like they're they're walking a fine line because uh, in in a culture such as ours where people who are uh, you know strong believers they are often persecuted or mm-hmm. ridiculed and so people of faith kind of hide their faith a mm-hmm. little bit and you know I've noticed that now I, I I grew up in the Chicago area but now I live in Knoxville Tennessee and I've noticed here in the south it's not so much, uh, as it is, well, this. we are in the Bible Belt, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. In the North, it's it's very unusual for people to be talking about their faith, which is interesting because uh, most people in the United States would say that they have some kind of a faith in mm-hmm. in a higher God. Right. Christianity is the number one religion in our country today. Like it's and it's not that unusual. And so, you know, if what I've noticed is that when people go in and share the part of themselves uh, that is a faith-based part. And they do it in a way that is not, quote, preachy, Mm -hmm. not everybody needs to be doing this the way I do it, not my way is the only way, but hey, this is me. This is what I do. You know, I share very frequently. I'll share photos of of my family and, Mm -hmm. you know, going to church or doing a a church-related activity or something like that. And I've had, I've, I've never had a problem with people who believe a different, you know, a different system than I believe or, or don't believe anything at all, um, not wanting to do work with me mm-hmm. because of what I believe. Right. And also, just like you said, with, with your guy that you helped, in fact, it will attract people mm-hmm. because they'll go, oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And, and how cool that you're able to share that. And they get excited about that. So it actually opens opportunities instead of closing opportunities which I think, you know, is really the, the how did you get started lesson, which is what's, you know, which is the book is be, be who you are mm-hmm. and be willing to share your story, all of your story, because you'll attract the people that you're meant to attract. Right. You know, and, and there are times where it might weed somebody out. Mm-hmm. I was working with a young woman one time who was a very proud Muslim and I mean, and as, a, as I say, very proud, I mean, she posted on Facebook about it, you know, all these various things. And I told her, I said, you know, that might turn some people off. And she very wisely looked at me. And of course, I was probably old enough to be this young woman's mother. And she looked at me and she said, well, if they don't like that, then I just don't want to work with them. She said, we just wouldn't be a good fit. You know, same thing with politics, same thing with 
you know, say uh, college sports, you know, you mentioned University of Tennessee. I'm a big University of Colorado person. You know, mm-hmm. all these various things are part of our personalities and it mm-hmm. shows why someone would want to work with us or not work with us. And, and that's okay. You know, it's, it's okay to figure out, you know, that's not a good fit. Let's just move on to the next person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, you know, as we've mentioned, you've got this great book. How did you get started? And, you know, you've got uh, how many examples in here? I need to look and see. There's 13, 14 chapters yep. of, of these great people who tell their stories in a very short way. But several things just really jumped out at me. First of all, they almost all had setbacks, had failures. Some of them went bankrupt. I mean, had major failures. Mm -hmm. Obviously, some of them were very faith-based. But Mm -hmm. more importantly, they all believed in themselves and what they were doing. And tell me what it was like to be talking with these folks. Because I would imagine it was, you know, just a wonderful experience but, you know, I really did, as I was reading each one, I thought, wow, you know, this is, is perfect and, and great examples of perseverance, all those various things. Well, you know, Deb, I, as the publisher of the book, uh, and I've, this is my fifth book now, mm-hmm. uh, as someone who's worked with speakers and people who are professional speakers and want to be professional speakers and that kind of thing, uh, I've worked with a lot of authors also because mm-hmm. speakers and speakers are authors, authors right. are speakers. And I've learned that there are a lot of people who wish they could be authors, mm-hmm. but they don't know what to do or they don't know how to do it. And the, that was the fact with most of the authors that are part of this book. And with more than half of them, they actually didn't write a single word. I interviewed them mm-hmm. and we used the interview that I did with them as the basis for the chapter of their book. Mm-hmm. And we were then able to compile those chapters and send it to them. And they, you know, they were able to edit what they wanted and put in what they, you know, put in what they wanted that they forgot to say and take out some of the things that they didn't, that didn't need to be in there to, to really enhance the story. And so it was a really cool process of, of putting it together. And each person that I got the chance to talk to in each of these chapters that, you know, as they came in and I was reading them, some of them. Um, you know, they were contracted for 2,000 to 2,500 words. I mean, one guy sent me more than 5,000 words and I was like, well, I don't even know what to cut here, but I can't have your chapter be twice as long as everybody else's. So, <laughs> um, just really, just, just really amazing stories. And they're purposely, you know, a lot of people in business, they'll, you know, if you, if you look on social media, for example, where, which I know, you know, you and I both spend a lot of time working in, in and amongst social media, there are a lot of uh, these stories that you'll see that are celebrities. And, you know, here's what this, whether it's a celebrity who's, you know, a Hollywood celebrity or someone who's a celebrity in their niche. Mm-hmm. And here's something, you know, that this person overcame and this, you know, they tell their stories with music and blah, blah, blah. Well, what I wanted to do with this particular book is I wanted it to highlight the fact that every person who is successful in doing the work that they do and finding work that they love to do has their own story. And many stories are the same. People don't hit success by this is the one thing I want to do. And then they go to it and, the, and it works out perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's, there's ups and downs everywhere. And just hearing how these people dealt with their, with their individual ups and downs and, and hearing their, um, just their stories of perseverance and, and, and watching them through each of their stories 
arrive at the point where they are today, where they are very happy and they are very successful doing the work that they love to do. It's just, it was, just, it was, it was a fun project. It was, mm -hmm. it was definitely a heartwarming project for me to be able to be a part of. So I'm just honored to bring these stories to the world. Well, and it's so important that we have our personal stories, you know, and, and we kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, we, we try to hide things or not hide, but not put out there, you know, things like your religion. Um, you and I are both cancer survivors, you know, and, and we're very open with that. But other people are like, we, we want to just talk business. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important that people have those personal stories as part of their personal brand? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know. There's so many, there's so many things that are important about telling your story. And I can't emphasize enough how you really need to make your personal story part of your personal brand. So for example, the first thing it does is it actually helps you build credibility okay. because as you are sharing your story, how you have earned the right to be doing the kind of work that you do will come out naturally mm -hmm. in that story. Um, you'll also, it's also what will be your uniqueness. So if you want to stand out in any group, you be the one who's talking about something in addition to just business. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you people will remember that. In fact, people remember stories more than they remember facts and details. Right. So share your story. Even if your story is a business story, you know, for some people are like, well, I don't know if I'm totally convinced. Like, okay, well then, you know, the uniqueness of who you are is going to shine through and then they will remember you because of the story. Because when you tell a story, something happens in people's, in people's bodies is you tap into an emotion. And when you are able to tap into that emotional aspect in someone else, things change in their, you know, different hormones. Get, I'm not going to get into all the science of it, but different hormones start to, you know, kick off. Mm -hmm. And what happens is they are going to feel a certain way about you and they may feel happy. They may feel nostalgic. They may feel excited. Um, they may feel a sense of um, camaraderie, like, oh, I went through something like that too, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But they're going to get this emotion that floods their body and it's going to be related specifically to you that I guarantee you no one else will have made them feel, especially the people who are only sticking to just the facts, ma'am, and talking about business. Mm -hmm. So now you have not only built your credibility and shared your earn the right, not only are you you're unique because you're sharing what specifically happened to you, but now you're also going to be remembered in a positive way, because people aren't typically going to remember what you say, but they're going to remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. And when you hear your story, you make them feel generally a positive way. Right. You know, so how do you work with a business person that says, you know, I, I don't want to share those personal details? And, and obviously, you know, it is their choice. If they really just aren't comfortable doing it, then, you know, they're going to be uncomfortable if they feel like they have to. But you know, what, what do you go through when you're working with someone to encourage them to, to share a bit of that, that personal history? Well, I'm, I, I'm a little sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, I start asking questions okay. that will naturally point a conversation in the direction of uh, having that person share their personal story with me. And people, people aren't going to share something that they're uncomfortable sharing. They're right. not going to share something that I'm, and I'm not saying, you know, to share your deepest, darkest secret. I'm absolutely not saying that. But what I am saying is talk about your experience with something in a way that's different, that's unique, that is that is only something that you can share because you are the person that experienced it in the way that you experienced it. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll just ask some questions and especially when people say, oh, I don't really have any stories that anybody wants to hear, uh, which is a very common thing that I will often encounter or, well, nothing really happened to me or... Oh, it's not a story that, you know, um, that I really feel comfortable telling. And then I'll say, well, why don't you just tell me, you know, tell me the parts that you're comfortable talking about. Mm-hmm. And then they tell their whole story and it's amazing. Right. And I go, okay, whatever you just did, just do that again. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that all I have to do? Yep. That's all you have to do. You know, and little things probably sometimes really would tweak somebody's interest. I mean, you know, I grew up in a very small mountain town with 32 people in my high school class. Oh, wow. Not a lot of people can relate to that. And there's 16 boys and 16 girls. That's even funnier. But, you know, there are things that, you know, so I'm not divulging a deep, dark, personal, ooey gooey secret. It's just kind of a, you know, here's my, you know, here is something. And and I think everybody really does have some little nugget that it, I, I love it on Facebook when, you know, we see the post, tell us something no one else would know about you. And, you know, and I love reading those because so many times it's like, holy schmoly, that is the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like what you just said about like the people you went to high school with, they'll know that. Mm-hmm. But most people that you'll be interacting with on a regular basis will have no idea that you went to a high school with only 32 people in your graduating class. That is interesting. And also, yes, it's personal because it's a detail about you, but it's not so, like you said, you know, ooey gooey personal. People are going to feel uncomfortable with that. Mm -hmm. That's just it's just an interesting fact about you. And if, if I were to ask you, you know, more questions about what it was like to go to high school with just 32 people in your, in your graduating class, you know, what were the dances like? What were the, you know, what was it like to be in the, you know, what, how many, were, were there multiple classes? Was it just mm-hmm. one class? How did the teachers go? I mean, you, you could dig into multiple stories just from that one fact by itself that again, reveal information about who you are as a person, about what you remember, about what you're choosing to share that aren't intimate details that, you know, only your spouse and your banker know or whatever, or whatever. <laughs> and, um, but are going to be something that other people may be able to relate to the experience on a variety of different levels from all the way from, oh my gosh, I had a similar experience because I went to a tiny, you know, I come from a tiny town too, or, oh my gosh, I went to a ginormous, you know, ginormous school. And I was lucky the one, the one class that I got to have that where there was, that there's only 32 kids in because normally my classes had 50 people, or, you mm-hmm. know, like whatever, but people are going to relate to you from their background and experience. And it just adds another layer of, um, of opportunity for connection. And that's what we're, when we talk about social media, when we talk about building your, your personal brand, whether you're working for a company or you're working on building your own business, you've got to build your own personal brand. And the way to do that is to find these points of connection with other people. 
Right. Yeah, because we work, we know, we've all heard it. We work with people we know, like, and trust. And, and it's about having those little nuggets where we think, oh, yeah, you know, I remember that. I remember that Felicia now lives in Knoxville, Tennessee, and, you know, where, where you know, the, the Vols are, and, you know, all these various, and, of course, you know, down, here I am down here in, 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 you know, SEC land and ACC land and, and all of those various things. I mean, football is very important in this part of the world. You know, there's it religion, sure and there's football. Um, yep. and, yeah. <laughs> and, but it is, it's those little points that, that help bind us together and make us then say, hey, you know, I want to stay connected with this person. I want to refer clients to them. I want to be their friend, all those various things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And it's, and it, yeah, and it is, there can be regional differences where people live. I mean, I have clients, you know, like you said in my bio, 81 countries around the world. So it's, it's a matter of what can we talk about that would be something of, of, commonality mm-hmm. other than the weather, which by the way, don't discount the weather to, as a conversational this is true. point. <laughs> People talk about it because it's something that we have in common mm-hmm. um, until they find something else. And that's why you share your stories. Mm-hmm. So, and now one of the things that, that really intrigues me with what you do is that every person should it, it, be able to be a public speaker. Uh, to some degree, um, you know, and, and it's funny, like my husband, he says, I'm not a public speaker. Nobody's ever, but there might be times where he has to present to two people or, you know, all these things. So tell us a little bit more about how you work with people and, and, you know, whether they're, whether they really are just going to talk to two people or maybe it's one-on-one, maybe they're doing customer service. You know, why is it so important that people have good public speaking skills? Well, so let's talk about what the definition of public speaking is. Okay. Public speaking is a, I call it a conversation, but it's it's a presentation of one person to multiple people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what public speaking is. And one of my other books is called Kill the Elevator Speech, Stop mm-hmm. Selling, Start Connecting. And the reason why the having the quote elevator speech memorized is, is the is the reason why public speaking is what it is and an interpersonal conversation, which is between me and you, one person to one person, um, you know, makes sense. So when you memorize something in, in any other circumstance, we're not going to be memorizing the answer to somebody's question. Like, so how are you today? Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you just answer, <laughs> you just right. say how you're doing. Right. Um, when somebody asks you the question, what do you do? You don't need a memorized thing. You just say the thing that you do mm-hmm. because you're just talking to one other person. Well, in a public speaking situation where you're, where you're in, in front of folks and you could be sitting, you could be standing, you could be on a video, could be, you know, a number of different ways for you to be delivering this message. You've got to find a way that is effective to get your message from your brain into the group people, you know, into their brains so that they understand what you're saying and that they're clear on what the message is. And if you are urging some, some action that they are, they have the information that they need and are able to take the action that you want them to take. So whether it's 
you know, uh, an executive to a boardroom and we're putting up some resolutions for the action steps that we're going to take next year. We're going to vote on this new vision statement or, or whatever the case may be. Let's discuss what that looks like. Let's make, you know, let's make that happen. You've got to have these skills to be able to effectively communicate what you want the room to do. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you can do as a speaker is to confuse a room full of people. Once people are confused, then no action takes place, right? right. They, they say a confused mind never buys. Well, regardless of if you're selling something of tangible value where somebody's going to exchange money when you're presenting or they're, you're just trying to sell an idea for them to do something, it doesn't matter. They've still got to be able to take action on it. And if they don't know what to do, then they can't take action, which is why public speaking skills are important. And knowing that there's, there's a structure to a proper presentation. And it's not a difficult structure. Like, you know, I, I always use the analogy of chocolate chip cookies. It's very easy to make chocolate chip cookies when you have a recipe and you can read the words. Mm-hmm. You put in the right amount of chocolate chips, you put in the right amount of flour, the right amount of sugar, the right amount of butter, you know, a few other minor ingredients, throw them all in to the, to, you know, to the bowl, you mix them up, you put them in the oven, you turn the oven on the right temperature. You're not going to get Brussels sprouts and roast beef out of the oven. Right. Right. You're going to get something that, you know, that resembles a chocolate chip cookie. Now, will Mm -hmm. Martha's chocolate chip cookies taste better than yours or mine? Maybe. Mm -hmm. But if we're following the same exact recipe, they should be really darn close to similar. And that's what, that's what, uh, when you understand the components of what goes into a, a presentation, the content, the delivery uh, you know, all of the details that are part of that and you get all those ingredients together, you'll be fine. You'll end up with the right kind of, you're right. You'll have chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when giving presentations? Oh man. <laughs> well, I, I, and, 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 I mean, there's, there's little things and big things, you know, but uh, what are some of the, because you know, obviously we need to be prepared you know, all these things, but what are some things that people might not think about that really would be something that they could fix that will just make things so much better? All right. So we'll talk about, um, we'll talk about a couple of delivery things okay. and then we'll talk about a couple of content things. So on the delivery side, one of the mistakes that people make is they prowl around the front of the room like they are a lion in a cage. <laughs> And, and they're and they're just constantly walking, moving, walking, moving, walking, moving. It's the reason why people will disengage from that is because it's exhausting to watch. Mm-hmm. And so the next thing you know, you'll see people looking at their phones. You'll see people not looking up and paying attention because, again, it's exhausting to watch. So standing still in one spot actually can feel uncomfortable, which is why people move, but it looks very natural. Mm-hmm. And after you've done it a few times and you are comfortable, you become comfortable with standing in the same spot because you are focused on, on the message that you're sharing. What happens in that moment is you are comfortable and you don't have the need to move around. So that's one of the real big things that I see in terms of delivery. And then uh, another thing is that they don't involve their audience. They don't come up with some kind of interaction. 
So, and I don't like the cheesy interaction, like, you know, who wants to make more money? Raise your hand. No, I don't see enough hands up. Raise your hand. Like, oh, for goodness sakes. Mm -hmm. Right. Not the cheesy kind of thing, but asking people to engage with the message that you're sharing is a very powerful way to incorporate your audience into your presentation. Now, it may mean having people come up and ask a question or or answer a question or do a role play. It could be as simple as, I want you to take out a notebook and I want you to reflect on this question. Okay. And ask them what the question, you know, ask them the question. Or I want you to, you know, with the person next to you, I want you to brainstorm three ways to blah, 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 or whatever it happens to be. So really engaging your audience because it tells the people who are there that you value them, that mm-hmm. you know you're there and they're there and it matters that it's, it's that person in the room and it, you know, it's not just any old random people. So you want to involve them. And then on the content side of things, you absolutely need to have structure to your presentation. Okay. And the structure can be simple. It doesn't, in fact, it should be simple. It's as easy as start with an attention getter, which is, you know, not, hi, my name is Felicia Slattery, because your name is Felicia Slattery. Ha, ba dum bum. All right, but not hi, my name is. Because generally, if you're obviously if you're in a meeting with people who already know you, it's 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 not necessary. Mm-hmm. But it's also not necessary if you're in a room full of people who don't know you, because very, very rarely will you be asked to deliver any kind of presentation where there isn't someone who's who's introducing you first. Right. Somebody else is saying, you know, like, like at the beginning of the podcast, even you said, Hey, and this is Felicia Slattery. It would have been weird for me to come on and say, hi, my name is Felicia Slattery. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we just heard you say that. Right. So it doesn't make sense for you to do it as in the beginning. So think about a powerful way to start that's engaging. And then you want to set up the, the organization structure of the presentation by simply saying, you know, you've heard people say, tell them what you're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So you do that, but the way in which you do that is you share the exact order. You want to have three to five things that you cover, no more. Okay. Once you get above five, it's too much for an audience right. to. Our approach. brains go, then that's it. Yep, exactly. So three to five things that you're going to cover, and you tell them today we're going to be talking about thing one, thing two, and thing three. And then guess what? Don't start with thing two. Right, because our brains, our brains again. Went, yeah. What happened? Wait, are we going to talk about the first thing? Did I snooze? <laughs> exactly. So start with thing one, finish that up, then move into the the second thing that you told them you were going to talk about, then move into the third thing that you're going to talk about, and then finish up with. Okay, so today I said we were going to talk about thing one, thing two, and thing three. We talked about those things, remember? And then what do you want them to do next? That's the structure of a presentation. Very basic, very simple, mm-hmm. but it your job as a speaker is to provide the roadmap for your presentation, for the content, so that your audience can come along and go through. So just like, um, you know, back in the days when people would use an actual map, um, they would map out their destination. And I mean, even with GPS, you map out, you mm-hmm. put your destination. And then because you know what's coming, you know that the voice is going to say, you know, in 10 miles, you know, get off at this exit. Okay, great. You don't have to worry about what's coming next or if you forgot something or whatever, because you know, in 10 miles, it's coming up. So you can just, you can look around and enjoy the scenery. It's the same kind of thing with a speech because you set up these signposts, you set up the, the structure 
And once that structure is set up, people can relax into the content because they're not confused. They're not like, but wait, 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 what happened? Wait, where am I? What's going on? Like, because you've already set a structure in place. So it, it allows the audience to be at ease. And it's it may or may not be a conscious ease, like, oh, this is very nicely structured. Like, somebody's not necessarily going to think that about your speech. Right. But what it does is it allows them to relax in and focus on what it is that you're talking about instead of feeling confused and lost and not sure where things are going to go. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, you can pick up on that when you're looking out at people and you're getting perplexed looks. You know, it's like, okay, wait a minute, did I skip something? You know, and you, you hopefully shouldn't say that. But, you know, it, it does. You can tell when people know almost almost what is coming next because you did. You had that great map. And, and you know, we've, we've heard it said, you know, you tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, then tell it again you know, do the, the recap. And, mm-hmm. you know, so many people forget to do that. And it doesn't matter if it's a 10-minute presentation or something that's, you know, long and, and for, you know, a couple hours long, you know, maybe a big keynote or something like that. Because wrapping it back up is just as important as everything else. Because it, it, even, again, even if it was just 10 minutes long, they will have forgotten what point one was. So tell it to them again. Mm-hmm. And that's the signal to people that, oh, we're now we're going to get yeah. to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, again, is just another aspect of, of the roadmap. But there's something that you said, Deb, that I want to point out. Okay. And you said about the perplexed looks. And sometimes the perplexed look, if you're getting multiple perplexed looks across the board, then you know it's something that you did. Right. If you have one person who's looking perplexed, that very likely has nothing to do with you and everything mm-hmm. to do with them. Because I can't tell you how many times I've been in a room and... Um, you know, there's, there's the guy in the back of the room. I don't know why it's always a guy, but there's the guy in the back <laughs> of the room and he's, and he's leaning his chair to the back and he's got his arms folded mm-hmm. and he's got his face furrowed. He's you know, disengaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you're like, this guy hates me. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like he doesn't like anything that I am talking about, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, again, I can't tell you how many times this has happened where that same person will come up and they will say, you know, wow, this was really, this gave me a lot to think about. I was, right. you know, I was really lost in thought because of, of, you know, the point that you were saying, and this was really fantastic, probably the best presentation we've ever had. And here I am thinking he hated me, mm-hmm. but he actually, you know, it, it, it was the, it was the reverse. Like he was really extra engaged and the, and that was just the way he showed it with his body. Exactly. Right? So you can't look at, and any single audience member mm-hmm. and think, oh, that person, you know, loves me or hates me or whatever. Um, but if you are looking across the board and you're seeing lots of confused look, or you're seeing lots of people looking down at their phone or their notes, or, you know, you don't see the eyeballs on you, you know, you've lost them mm-hmm. as a group. And now you got to do something to get them back. But, you know, if it's just one person that likely doesn't have anything to do with you, that's just their own, lack of uh, self-monitoring and understanding that, oh, wait, non-verbally, I'm giving off a message here that is probably not in alignment with, with what I'm actually experiencing. And they mm-hmm. just you know, don't know how to handle that from a, a you know, communication competence standpoint, but that's all. Right. And, and people, I mean, things are going to happen. Um, I, I presented one time on LinkedIn, uh, or actually about you know, the importance of, of social media to a group of high school seniors. You know, oh. So it was a very interesting presentation. It was right after lunch. Mm. <laughs> and there were kids who fell asleep. 
Sure. You know, and it was one of those things where, you know, the first one or two, I'm thinking, what? And, and it was, it, it, it did throw me for a second. And then I realized, wait a minute, this is after lunch. These kids went out, ate a whole bunch of food. Probably junk. Right. And, and their blood sugar has dropped. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I did little things like, okay, was, was I speaking loud enough? Maybe I'd gone into this kind of relaxing tone where I was just putting people to sleep <laughs> no matter what, you know, I, but I, I, I was certainly not going to embarrass them. Um, you know, I remember when I was in high school, way back when we had somebody who fell asleep in class and, and the teacher just went and embarrassed them, you know, woke them up all these. And, and then of course that was all we focused on the rest of the, 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 class period. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're going to go to sleep, they're going to go to sleep. I mean, you know, these things happen. And and we have hecklers. I mean, we do have all of these various things. And that's a totally different type of of conversation to have. But, you know, it it is important to be looking out at your audience, engaging, you know, are they paying attention? Have you lost them all? If you've lost them all, you really do have a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me, I, I really use this, the, I have a philosophy of speaking. I call it service from the stage. Mm-hmm. And the idea of service from the stage is all about getting out of your own head because public speaking is something that'll freak people out. Right. It I is one of those big fears, you know, you know we hear about that all the time. Yes, Absolutely. And, um, you know, Jerry Seinfeld used to joke that, you know, public speak, fear of public speaking was number one and it was above death. So, you know, if you were going to a, if you were going to uh, a funeral, people would rather be in the coffin than the one delivering, right. you know, <laughs> delivering the eulogy. Um, and that, that number one fear, I don't know, that may or may not be true. That was, that was a, a statistic that came out in 1973 through something called the Breskin Report. But, mm-hmm. uh, Regardless of where it falls in the land of, of fears, it still remains one of the top things that freaks people out. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, over the years, I would have I would be the person standing between a student and their college diploma because they took every class they could take until they got to their last last semester and they right. got to take the speech class mm-hmm. and they got to get through me. <laughs> and like, I hope this lady just passes me, you know. And um, so I know it is something that can really, really scare people, but, um, you know, and, and typically those people would end up like, this was really a fun class. I don't know why I put it off. Like, well, right. it can be scary. Mm-hmm. But when you're ready to, to, to face that, the easiest way to get out of your own head is the service from the stage mindset. Okay. And what you do is you realize, hey, I'm here because the people in this room need to know what I'm going to be sharing with them. And so I'm here to help them. And if you turn it to that aspect, mm-hmm. if you even think of it as, you know what, I'm going to teach these people some information, it becomes a totally different energy in your body. It's a ener- different energy even in the room. And it's a different experience for the people who are there because they realize that you're there to help them. Mm-hmm. And sure, you know, if you, for people who are wanting to be more professional speakers and get paid to show up, well, at that point, we're talking more about edutainment, you know, a little bit of education, a little bit of entertainment, put it together, yay. But for most people in the experience, whether you're marketing your business with a signature speech or you are, again, you know, an executive that you've got to address people or you're just a manager and you're talking to 
people on your staff and you've got to give, you know, your weekly, a weekly or monthly kind of a meeting. You've got to be the one who runs that, Mm -hmm. whatever. Remember that you are there in service of the people that are in the room and everything will change for the better about how you present, about how you organize, about uh, about how they are willing to be open and interested in your ideas and their acceptance of you and your ideas. Because now you're not there to sell them on anything. You're there to help them and provide value. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've all seen those speakers that were there to sell to us. You know, they, they didn't even really care that we were there. <laughs> you know, they were just know. at us. Doesn't that stink? People hate that feeling. You know, and the funny thing is, of course, people love to buy, but they just, they hate to be sold to. Right. So you don't, don't sell, quote, sell, present, mm-hmm. teach, and then offer mm-hmm. and, and explain your offer. You know, that's something that um, I had, I had to teach to folks. Uh, I created actually a whole class training around it as the speaker sales mindset, because so many people are amazing at teaching their content and sharing the information. But when they get to the point of the presentation where they've got to make what comes next, the offer, their whole body changes, their whole, their voice changes, how they, I mean, just every single, they totally won't do it. Well, all right. Or they just leave it off because Uh they're like, well, I don't want to sell anything because I hate selling. So I'm just going to share some stuff and hope maybe somebody buys something. They should know that I'm selling this, right? Right. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but when you, I call it like teach your offer, because if you think of it like that, then you never leave teaching mode. You Mm -hmm. stay teaching. And as long as you stay teaching that, that, positive energy of you sharing stays there. You being in service to the people in the room stays there. And the, and the way you do that is just very simple. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's understanding. Um, you know, some people might call it a mind hack. I just call it a mindset. Like, you know what your offer is. They don't. Right. So you have to teach them what it is so that they're able to understand it. Mm-hmm. And just like they're, they're able to take action on the things that you taught them, they'll be able to take action on what it is that you're offering. Mm-hmm. And and you might not be offering them anything. I mean, it, you might be teaching them, say, how to use LinkedIn, you know, and, and they're going to go back and do it themselves. But you probably also have a service that you can offer to them if they need a little help with that. Exactly. And that's, you know, so if you have, if you are speaking to market your business, the biggest mistake that people who are doing that make is they do not make an offer. Mm-hmm. Biggest mistake. In fact, I remember I was uh, I was sitting in a room. One of my clients actually had gotten me booked at this event. He he was invited to speak, and then the the meeting planner said, "Who else do you know?" And he was like, "Well, my coach is amazing." And so um, we were both at this event, and it was local to us. Uh, actually, it was a few hours away. And they put us up the night before at a bed and breakfast. And there was probably five speakers all together. And we were all in this lovely little bed and breakfast. So we were sitting around the dining room table, just chatting. Mm -hmm. And I said, so what are you guys offering tomorrow? And they all looked at me like I had five heads. Offer? Well, they're paying us to be here. And I was like, Mm -hmm. they are paying us like $200. Yeah. Gas money. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. That's not living. Like, and so none of them were going to sell anything, including my client. And I had to pull him by the side by his ear and go, dude, what <laughs> did you not you pay about? attention? <laughs> because 
you don't come to a speaking engagement filled with people who an audience of your ideal, you know, potential clients and not give them a way to be able to move forward with you on the spot when mm-hmm. they're most excited about it and they've seen you and they get to see your brilliance and, and they get to see how much that you are, that you know this stuff and that you can help them with this stuff. And so that next day he you know, we crafted an offer for him and he made an offer from the stage of some consulting and he made more money than he had ever made in his life. Wow. Standing in front of audiences in an hour. He mm-hmm. was so excited. And I was like, because you got to make an offer mm-hmm. and all those other people, they just left money lying on the table, but that's okay. Cause I picked it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, one of yes, the things ma'am. you mentioned that we've got to get back to, okay, because it is something that's so important, is a signature speech. Mm-hmm. Why should a professional have a signature speech? And, and right. what the heck is it? So a, a signature speech is a persuasive presentation that you prepare in advance to deliver to a room full of your ideal potential clients. And it's designed specifically for people who are who have their own business or salespeople, experts, that kind of thing, who they want to have more customers, more clients, mm-hmm. more, right? And so that's where the signature speech is. And the reason why you have that to de- ready to deliver at a moment's notice is because there will be events that you will attend that you will get opportunities to present because somebody else canceled. Right. That you will have an opportunity to present because somebody else, um, they, they were supposed to have an hour-long presentation and they didn't call Felicia Slattery and so they only spoke for 15 minutes and the mm-hmm. meeting plan was like, oh my God. Yeah, do what are we going to do now? Right. And they, if they, and, and the other thing is you want people to know that you have this presentation, especially people where you're going to an event. Mm-hmm. Because again, these, these kinds of weird, wonky emergency type things happen every single day all over the place. And so when people know that you are the person who talks about whatever your topic is, they, and they know you've, you're ready to, to deliver it mm-hmm. at any moment, they'll come to you and say, Hey, do you think you could talk? You know, right. Hey, we had somebody who canceled at the last mm-hmm. minute. We knew you're going to be here anyway. Would you mind? Would you be the speaker? You go, yeah, I would love to. Mm-hmm. And then you also don't know when you're on the phone. You know, a lot of people use social media as a way to reach out and to connect with other folks, and which is you know for their business, for whatever mm-hmm. whatever it happens to be. And having a signature speech is one of those things because if you have developed this presentation and you you know it well enough that when somebody says, you know, how are you doing, blah blah blah. Well, guess what? You know the answer to that question because it's part of your speech. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I don't, I don't advocate memorizing something and delivering something word for word to another human being in a conversation. But because you've already spent time putting together that content, you can go, well, actually, I have a speech I talk about that in. And the, and the thing I talk about in there are the three ways to, you know, the three reasons why sharing your personal story is powerful for building your personal brand. You want me to tell you what those are? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that sounds cool. I would love that. Okay. Right. So number one, number two, number three, right? So you kind of do give a little bit of your speech, but you don't know when that'll happen. Also, you don't know when in a conversation, somebody, like when you'll get the opportunity, it might just come up like, hey, you know what? I go to this, uh, I go to this association meeting or I go to this networking meeting and you know, it would be really cool, you know, if you would, if you would ever want to join me. And what I always say is, oh, did the, does the meeting have speakers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Right. Well, you know what? I have a speech about X, Y, Z. 
and you know, and it's specifically designed for you know that this kind of audience. Mm-hmm. And is that something that they might be interested in? Oh, wow, that would be great, right? So in that moment of connection, you've got something else to talk about. You've got something else to offer that will help you advance yourself and advance your business. Mm-hmm. Well, and we want to be very clear: this is not a thirty-second elevator pitch. No. <laughs> and you know, and it, it really doesn't matter what you do. You should be able to have this this presentation. Um, you know, say you sell life insurance. You know, you, you should be able to quickly, you know, have something that, that you can talk about that is, you know, as I said, far more than your 30-second elevator pitch. You know, maybe it's something that pertains to current events. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, we've seen this happen all the time where something will have happened and you'll be in a group of people and they'll say, well, what did you think about yada, yada, yada? Well, if you're already prepared with that, then you can can do it. Now, you know, it, you're not saying, well, let me, you know, it, you're not getting into speaker mode. Um, you know, it's, it's got to be very comfortable. But, you know, how do you help people, and, and we only have a couple minutes left, but how do you help people develop that signature speech? Well, I actually work with people privately one-on-one mm-hmm. because... I, I have classes, I have books, and you know I have information and all of those things. But really what helps people take action is let's talk. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out you know what it is that you're doing, what it is and and you know I just I give you so instead of like um, you know we'll use the cookie chocolate chip cookies analogy, you know instead of you having to go to the store and be confronted with all of those different ingredients and having to figure it out, I, I'm like the you know I'm like the service, the grocery service that just brings it right over right. to you. Mm-hmm. Here you go. It's all together. It's all measured out. I got the whole thing figured out. And, um, and I, and I, you know, so I basically help them craft everything that they need. So I hand it to them and then we even work on their delivery and, and what their offer is going to be and what's the best way to, um, to close the people in the room and to make sales in the room and to be able to follow up with the people effectively in a not so smarmy way afterwards mm-hmm. that is very authentic and feels very good to everybody involved. Um, so that's that's really you know how I help people is mm-hmm. is working with them privately or in very small groups um, because again it, it's easier to take action when you have the ingredients at your disposal right in front of you handed to you specifically for you and your unique message and your unique business and your unique audience. Right. You know, and the cool thing about technology, you know, we mentioned this at the very start, you have worked with people in 81 countries. Well, you know, hello, we can do Skype, we can do Zoom, we can do, you know, all these various things. So that's what is is so nice about what you do is it really can be where you work with somebody wherever they are in the world. Absolutely. Yes, I use Zoom. And um, the reason I use Zoom is because we can be on camera with each other. We can mm-hmm. share screens. Um, and I will I, I will have my clients stand up and deliver their speech, mm-hmm. step back from the camera and talk. And it seems really weird <laughs> to practice your speech like that, but um, it's invaluable to be able to practice your speech before you go in front of an audience and deliver that to someone who can quickly and easily critique and provide constructive criticism on what's working, what's not working, and how to fix what's not working. So right. um, it's just a it, that. So that's the way I meet and, and pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know the the 
positive critiquing really is something that's very important. You know, we don't realize we're fidgeting. You know, it, men especially, a lot of times will have their hands in their pockets and oh, they've the got change. Your key. Right? Yeah. The key to the coins. Forget it. Yeah. You know, and, and I actually, on my business pants, and I, you know, I don't wear skirts anymore. I wear pants. I won't take the, the stitching out so that I don't have pockets because I'm going to put my hands in my pockets. Um, mm-hmm. Now, am I more comfortable standing that way? Probably. But, you know, it, it, and, and if I do have pockets, I make sure I don't have anything in them. Um, but I, I, you know, it's funny, you mentioned roaming. Oh, I tend to roam. So I'm going to have to watch that, mm-hmm. um, you know, other things. But, you know, the, the great thing is you have so many tips. You've, you, you've got all this great information. So tell us where people find you and connect with you online. Oh, I am the easiest person in the world to find. Google Felicia Slattery, F-E-L-I-C-I-A, and then S like Sam, L-A-T-T-E-R-Y. And um, you'll come across my website, feliciaslattery.com. You, if, if you're on LinkedIn, I'm Felicia Slattery there. Facebook, Felicia Slattery there. Twitter, same. Um, so Felicia Slattery everywhere. If you want to learn more about getting started speaking, I do have um, some free tools available for you at howtogetstartedspeaking.com howtogetstartedspeaking.com. You can pick those up. And um, and if you want to talk about, like, let's put together your signature speech. Let's make an impact. Let's bring some income from you speaking and build your visibility. I love to do that. It's one of my favorite things to do for folks. So just reach out to me. I've got a contact form on my website, Felicia at feliciaslattery.com. Fill that out there. Send me a private message, again, on your favorite social medium. And um, let's Let's talk and see. Maybe I'll have some ideas that'll be able to help you. And you know, if, if you're if you qualify for, you know, I don't work with everybody, um, but if you qualify, then we'll talk about what it would look like to move forward together. I think it would be fun. Right. You know, and you mentioned something I want to go back to real quick. Is this is a way to make money, people? <laughs> you know, you oh yeah. To, you need to yeah. do this in order to get your message out there. Again, whether you're talking to one person or ten thousand people, if you're not speaking well, I was about to say speaking good, Ah, um, (laughs) if you're not presenting yourself well, presenting yourself in a way that can be understood, and again, having that call to action at the end, then it's not worth it. So why not do it right? And do it right by working with Felicia. You know, I I can't recommend you highly enough. Yeah. You know, speaking is a very powerful way to build your business. In Mm -hmm. fact, for the right business, um, I work with I work with my clients to add an additional six figures of income by delivering only six speeches in a year. Wow. So that it's, it, it works that well mm-hmm. when it's executed properly. So perfect. Um, I love doing it. It's fun. Well, again, where do they find you? Felicia at feliciaslattery.com or just go to feliciaslattery.com or how to get started speaking.com. I love it. Well, you know, we have to do this at least once a year. Um, and, and so, you know, I think it's great information that we're providing to people. So I look forward to having you on again. I am Deb Creer. I've been having a wonderful time talking again with Felicia Sat- Slattery. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.